of 50 people to be able to get up here and share today things that the Lord have done in our lives through the years. Um, and and I, I really can't spend a lot of time focused on, on all the different things that, that God has done, but the different, uh, I am going to do just a little bit, my association with Living Faith Church, Impact Church now, uh, began in 1986 uh, when I was doing an internship at Emmanuel College. I was in Bible school. And through Eric Jr., uh, he really opened the door for me to be able to come because I needed an internship. I'd had six churches that had asked me to come do an internship with them, and then they all just crashed. And that does a lot for your esteem um, for various different reasons. And then my, the dean of the school said, David, just, just leave it. God's doing something. Just trust God. God's going to put something in place. And about a week, week and a half before I was supposed to be on my internship, I still didn't have an internship in place. And I didn't know about Living Faith Church. And um, I got real spiritual and just took a nap in my dorm room. And uh, Eric Jr. knocked on the door. He opened up. He said, have you considered talking to my dad about doing an internship? And I said, no, I haven't. And he went ahead and called, you went ahead and called your dad and called me to the telephone. And I talked to Pastor Eric briefly on the telephone. And uh, within a week, I was here uh, on, on my internship with Miss Nancy Anderson. I stayed at her house. If you all remember Miss Nancy, precious, precious. So anyhow, that was the initiation of my relationship. And then after continuing with school, God brought me back in 1989. And I was here for just about 16 years on staff before we took another journey. And anyhow, it's my honor to be back and be able to serve this family of the Lord. Amen. Let me, let me just say this. God has used this body of believers as a transitional body for the community of faith in this city. This church was planted here and seeds were sown through the dynamic preaching of God's word. Look, you don't have to, I will, I will not fill the shoes of Pastor Eric Vernelson when it comes to teaching. He is gifted as a teacher. I am not gifted as a teacher. I mean, I, I can teach some things. I can, I can do some of that, but I'm not going to teach the same way he taught. I can't spend weeks on one. I remember Psalm 23, the. <laughs> the meaning of the is he is the one and only. There is no God like him. There never will be, never has been. There's only one God. The Lord is my shepherd. The one and only God. You know, and he, he, he I mean, it, it was weeks getting through the 23rd Psalm. And he's off this morning preaching, so I, I called him to see if he'd be willing to share something with us. And he told, us, told me that he was going to be gone. But um, God planted a seed in this community as, a, as Living Faith Church because he wanted to disperse something throughout this community. We have have cross-pollinated with churches in the town. There are people that came here, got filled up in faith, got nurtured in the Word of God, grew in their relationship with God, got restored from places of brokenness, got healed when they need healing, and some of them have gone out and been blessings in other churches through our community and around the world. That's a part of the legacy that we will only understand when we're standing in the presence of the Lord in eternity and the stories are told. When, when I, I just want to say this, when 
I felt the Lord, I did not know that I would be back at Living Faith. There were people who asked me about it, and I, didn't, I, didn't know, I did not feel the Lord was saying, go back, go back, go back. I hope that's not offense to anybody, but it just had to do with my personal journey and where I was with the Lord. But I remember when God changed that, and the Lord told me that he is not done, and specifically one, word, one scripture that stood out to me was John 10.10. In John 10, 10, we are all very familiar with, said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And I want to tell you, there is an anointing on this house that this community needs. There's been an empowerment and an infusing of truth. There has been uh, the gifting of God's Holy Spirit has been given to us that every one of you, carry the light when people get frustrated and look at the world and oh my goodness look at all the things that are going on in the world we were just talking about what happened down at the sports store and and what happened there and and if we drive through the town it wouldn't be hard to go through our town and, and see places where the enemy is having a heyday and people whose lives are being ensnared but folks i want to tell you that when it is the darkness we have the promise that where sin does abound grace does much more abound let me tell you, when you go into a dark place and you carry light, that light just is that much more distinct. And you cannot hide when Jesus is in your life. You should not. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that they might have life. Let me just say this. I'm sure I'm glad that Jesus wasn't content to watch the headlines. And talk about all the bad things that were going on in the world. But he said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to do something about what was going out, on out there in the world. He came to bring about change. I, I just wish we could get a, an understanding of the power of the anointing of God. Randy, that's in you. Ralph that's in you, Hilda that's in you. you know, I could go around this room. That same power, the same anointing of God's Holy Spirit. Donna, it's in you. Greg, it's in you. That same power that brought transformation to lives of people and set those that had blind eyes, gave them, gave them sight and, and awakened those who had fallen asleep or died. That same power dwells in you. If you're a child of God and God's Holy Spirit is moving with you, it's the same power. We're living in a desperate world. When we look out there and we see people acting up and doing things and we see lawlessness happening, we shouldn't get worried and despaired and let the enemy back us up into a corner and feel like we're going to hold ourselves in somewhere so that we stay safe. No. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. That same spirit dwells in you. That same spirit dwells in you. Look, I'm, I'm a, a history buff. I, I, I spent time studying church history, and that, that's, you know, it's volumes and volumes and volumes, too much information. But with regards to a nearer journey in faith, kind of our spiritual roots, if you go back to the beginning of the last century in Azusa Street, when there was an outpouring of God there in Azusa Street, people got hungry enough to where they began to seek and pray and get on their face before God and call out for God because they wanted something fresh and new and they knew, knew that there, there had to be more. 
They were hungry for an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. And God visited Azusa Street and brought the power of God back. And there was demonstrations that people were able to see that, that anointing flowing once again in the body of Christ. A little bit later on, you know, the Pentecostals got framed. Some of them got persecuted. They had eggs thrown at them. They were ridiculed and mocked and people didn't understand. And there was some pride involved in that too. So some of it was brought on. But we came around to around the 60s, 70s, and there was another move of God in the charismatic movement. Now, some of you may not as be, be as familiar with that, but in the charismatic movement, there was an emphasis on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was an emphasis on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just the Pentecostal churches. All of a sudden, there were Methodist churches and Presbyterian churches and Baptist churches and, and uh, all different kinds of churches that... The power of God was falling in and people were rediscovering the gifts, the empowerments of God's Holy Spirit. And there was a move in that. And then just like what happens in moves of God, what, what happens in moves of God is that people want to understand and so they categorize and they pigeonhole and they define and it becomes so, I'll describe it this way, that that I've studied music. I know a lot of you understand music. You can hear somebody play a song and it will just stand the hairs on, up on your arms or sing a song and it will just pierce your heart and you just get captivated by what they're doing. You know, they can take music theory and they can write those words down and they can write those notes and get the, the, the spaces in the right place where it's supposed to be quiet and get the rhythm right and, and get all the notes right and they can take and put on paper exactly what that song was and what it looked like and, and, and how it's supposed to be done. And someone can turn around and pick up that piece of paper and they can play it just with all the right notes, all the right spaces. They can sing all those notes and all the right words in the same place and you don't get one chill bump. Because they got all the formula, they got all the theory right, but they didn't communicate the song because there was no heart in it. Body of Christ, let me tell you, we can't just understand what God is like. We can't just know how he's described. We can't just know his name or just talk about what he did in the past. We have to walk with God. We've got to have a living experience. If he's not putting chill bumps on your arms and putting a warm feeling in your heart, don't just be content to hear what he's done or, or, or understand what he's like. Know him. Because let me tell you, when we know him, Something's going to change from the inside out. Though our conversations are not going to be the same. Our excitement about life, there's going to be a Holy Spirit dynamic to the conversations we have because it's transformational. Genesis, I'm sorry, not Genesis. It is, Gen uh, well, God spoke in Deuteronomy chapter 3. There was this man who was a murderer, even though he'd been raised up in royal courts, had all the education of Egypt, he fled away and lived out 40 years of his life taking care of sheep. At 80 years old, surely it's time to kind of settle down and let things just kind of relax a little bit. But he had an encounter with God up on the side of a mountain. He saw this burning bush up there. God appeared to him and said, and he's like, he said, I want you to go to Egypt and go to the greatest superpower of the day. 
a nation that was entrenched with idolatry and had enslaved the people of God for over 400 years. He said, I want you to go and tell that man sitting on that throne to let my people go. And Moses, working through all the excuses that he could come up with, any of you ever have excuses when God calls you to do something? Anybody ever find an excuse? I guarantee you there's always an excuse. But there was a voice that spoke from that, that bush. And Moses said, God, God who, who do I even say that you are? How do, I descri- how, how do I tell them who's sending me? And he said, tell them that the I am has sent you. He described himself as the I am that I am, meaning that I am the all-sufficient one. I'm not a moon god and a sun god. I'm not a, a crocodile god or a jackal god. I'm a... I am the totality, I am the everything, I am the beginning and the end. Everything that is and ever will be is wrapped up in me. I am God. The I am. I can't even think about that without wanting to put everything in capitals. I am. You tell them that I am sent me. He had a visitation from Almighty God. It changed his life. In recent years, you know, the body of Christ, we have pursued knowledge of God and we have pursued the knowledge of who we are in Christ and we need to understand who we are. But in some places, it feels to me like the body of Christ has got a little bit entrenched with the I am, but it's a capital I and the focus is on me. I am And sometimes that I am, we are so quick to say, well, this is who I am. And it's a little bit of a chest stuck out and a pride thing. God can't work with that. We're not here to exalt ourselves. We're not here to promote ourselves. We're not here to put ourselves in front of people and have have them pedestal us and, and give us adulation and praise. Let me tell you. If your I am is not based on a he is, then we're missing it. But let's turn it around and let me tell you, when your I am is based on who he is, there's power in that. And it doesn't work the other way around. Folks, I was reading just just today in Hosea, and uh, it was interesting to me because... God, again, was making a statement to the people. He says, look, I don't want your sacrifices. It's not about all your sacrifices. It's not about all you're doing to try to appease me. He said, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. Living faith church, impact church, that's where our power comes from. God does not... (laughs) God does not have us here to count time. God does not have us here to maintain something. God does not here. God has us to move forward. God has us here to, yes, the reason why the word is there, impact, is because God wants to do something through us. God wants to change some things. He wants to stir some things up in the spirit realm. He wants to destroy some strongholds of the enemy. He wants to set some people free. He wants to get some people healed, to deliver some folks. But he's looking for some people. 
Let's not be content with what God did yesterday. Let's not be content with what he did today. Let's move forward. Don't just tell other people stories. Let's have some stories. Amen? Last night when I was spending some time with the Lord, the Lord kept bringing me back to some of the messages that we've had over the last three years. Carolyn's got to go help set some things up over there. It's okay. We had some messages. We talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and how people get so caught up in the legalism and the law and whether or not they're doing good or not doing good in the Lord and the Lord showed our focus in that tree of life. Tree of life is based on relationship and we've got a relationship with God. We can draw from that. We talked about Ezekiel where it talks about a river flowing from the throne of God and alongside that river, you know, it's a deep river. You can get out of there and you can swim in that thing and, and uh, but it also said that there's trees that are growing up along the banks of that river and those trees bring healing to the nations and, and uh, if we're tapped into the source, that's the key. Look, can I just encourage you with this? Glean deeply from the people that God gives us to teach, to minister. We've got such a resource on the Internet that you can find the best teachers in the world. You can, you can be built up in that. Don't settle for knowledge of when you can have an intimacy with God. Have your own personal experience with the Lord. Walk with God. We talked about the tree of life, the trees that were tapped along the side of that river. Then we come back to Revelation. We hear about another tree that's right there, that there that's growing as bearing fruit in its season. There's fruit enough there to be able to meet the needs of all who would come. I want you to understand this. You're a tree of life to the people that come in contact with you. I want to emphasize again that there are all kinds of things going in our world. We see the rise of lawlessness, lawlessness in our world. There is hatred manifest. There's, there's, and if you choose to just focus on that, it'll depress you. It'll take you down. Don't be that kind of people. But if you'll focus on your relationship with God, you'll find that there's power to be able not only, we should not just be keeping our head up, we should be overcoming God needs a representative in the earth. God needs people in the earth that he can work through to accomplish his purposes. And we've been called to be that people. Look, there's, there's so many scriptures and things like that. And I'm not going to take time to go through that because really it's time for us to be wrapping up. But I just want to just say to, this to you. The future's bright. There's going to be a mighty move of God on this earth as we approach the climactic end of time, God's moving in his people, but he's calling us back to the foundational things, and the foundational things is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, if I can just take a moment and share this. God equipped his body with gifts. We know about that. I'm not going to take time to teach on the gifts of the Spirit right now, but God equipped us with powerful gifts those gifts the holy spirit can use a new believer in the gifts of holy spirit god can 
give a new believer the ability to pray for somebody and they can be healed. God can give a word of knowledge through a new believer. God can give an encouragement through a new believer because the gifts of the Spirit are a demonstration of the power of God through His believers. Fruit of the Spirit is the testimony of a life lived with God. Man, we, when you start seeing the fruit of the Spirit being manifest in someone, and, and I would encourage you to go back and look at that, but the love and the joy and the peace and those type of things being manifest at times where the circumstances don't look like that should be what should be seen. But that person is still loving even when people are mistreating them. When they still show peace in the middle of a storm, they're going through some really hard things, but somehow there's still a peace about them. How is it that they have joy under those circumstances? Their family is wrecked with things, but yet there's still a calmness and a peace and a joy, and they're still loving. That's a testimony of a life lived in the presence of the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit are a demonstration that they're tapped into the source, that they're being nourished by the sap that's flowing through the vine. Value the fruit. Value the demonstration of the lifestyle lived with the Lord. God will manifest His gifts, but make sure that fruit is, is a part of your life. Look, I've got to wrap up here. I just want to share one more thing, one more illustration. That is, we're getting ready to have potluck lunch. Potluck lunch. Everybody's excited about that. Uh, we've got a very young baby in our, in our family right now, Natalie. She's six, seven, seven months now and just warms my heart. She was up at 5 o'clock this morning excited about the day. But, you know, Natalie right now is completely dependent on people to feed her. She can't eat unless she's fed. She's getting into some more uh, mushed up foods and things like that. She's trying things out, some things she likes, and some things come right back out. But she's learning. She's learning some things. She's being fed. Why? Because she's a baby. She's a baby. Look, I'm, I'm praying for our body that we, part of my heart is that we become very good at discipling newborn believers. That we, Lord, help us. Because I'm, I'm searching online. I'm praying myself about, God, what would you like us to write? What would you like us to put together? But folks, if we're going to birth babies into the kingdom of God, if God's going to reach out and, 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 and uh, extend himself to people to get saved, there's got to be people that will nurture and raise these babies. And they can't just feed themselves to begin with. They need someone that they can that come alongside them and will help them for a while. I'm praying for God to make us that kind of body. But, you know, some people just like to show up and be fed. And we don't want that either. If people become dependent on being fed all the time and never learn to feed themselves, that's a problem. You know, I have traveled for business purposes for a while and had to be out on the road. And let me just tell you, it may be glamorous to think about flying to another part of the country and this city and that city. But when you're staying in hotels, it gets boring. After a while, another meal at another restaurant, I would just want to be home and have a tomato and, to, tomato and mayonnaise sandwich. You know, 
it just gets boring after a while. It is not good to just eat out all the time. You know, if you never learn to cook, it gets expensive. And after a while, it gets, it gets boring. And let me tell you why. One of the reasons is you're completely dependent on what they choose to cook. You may not be getting what you need. You're just getting what they're preparing. So I want to encourage every one of you, if you're a believer, learn how to get in the kitchen and cook a spiritual meal for yourself. Learn how to pick up God's Word and read for yourself. Learn how to spend time in the presence of the Lord and be nurtured in your faith. Don't just be dependent on being spoon-fed by somebody else. You've got to have your own walk, your own relationship, your own dynamic experience with the Almighty. Otherwise, you'll live your whole life, dyna- you'll, you'll, be, you'll be dramatically uh, deficient because you'll be dependent on somebody else to feed you. And if that other person stumbles or fails or gets misdirected, they get caught up, then you're, you're stuck. You don't have your own nutrition. <clears throat> it's good to learn to cook at home with regards to your spiritual life. The other blessing is that sometimes there's potluck dinners. And as a body of Christ, we get together and we get to celebrate and share all the years of experience and hard work in the kitchen and what the other person has learned to do. We get to put it all together and just have this dynamic, broad-ranged meal of other people's tastes and other people's experience and the things that they learn from their mama and their mama's mama, and we just all bring it together. And there's this beautiful, fun meal of fellowship. That's what God wants for his body. We're all having our own dynamic experience with the Lord. We're all having that adventure that we had during the week where we got to see God do this and we get to get together and just share the stories. I look forward to having services. We get together and there's so much, so many things that God's been doing through the week that I just have to sit there for a while and, and let's just tell some stories about what God did today. Let's just have a, a testimony service. Let's just have a what's God been doing kind of service because God's been so busy in our lives that we just it's just bubbling over we can't even have a dignified service remember this the scripture declares it's Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you you may be at a place in your life where you feel like well, I just don't feel that strong or I don't I don't know God that way yet invite him invite him tell him lord i want to know you he will not disappoint so call on him call on him god will move through you god will move through us i'm going to tell you i look forward to seeing what god does that that uh there's a reason why i know some people are like well why does that impact church thing have that thing like that i'll tell you why because of all the other things that came up even though they were fancy and looked like that that kind of looked like mountains the impact church kind of looked like mountains i don't know what a mountain looks like to you we heard graham cook this last week does, does a mountain look to you like an obstacle or does it look like an opportunity caleb said i may be 80 years old but i'm as strong today as i was when we left egypt God has kept me. Caleb had remained faithful. And he looked at those mountains where he knew those giants were, 80 years old. He said, give me those mountains. Ah, there may be giants there, but God's kept me. 
in years past that God will keep me now. Give me those mountains. I want that as my inheritance. Are you looking to just kind of coast through life and things be easy? Look, don't be tempted by that. There's still another mountain to climb. There's still another obstacle to overcome. There's still another stronghold to tear down. Why not just destroy a few giants before you leave this place? Why don't you just tear a few things down and establish the kingdom of God in some new ter- territory so another generation doesn't have to deal with the same thing that the last one dealt with? Why don't we cut through and, and, and plow some new ground and clear some land so God can have a, a fruitful field? Why don't we go through this community and let a little light shine in the darkness and, and just determine, let's be good. Let's be good. Let's not be as rowdy and as radical as we Let's be good. Let's let the Spirit of God pervade our society because we're being the people of God the way we've been called to be. That's who we are. That's our heritage. We demolish the strongholds of the enemy and we establish the kingdom of God. Let's take that mountain. God's not finished. God's just beginning. Only God knows the real story of all that he's accomplished through this ministry. I thank the Lord that we have the opportunity today to stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. Paul wrote about standing on the foundation of of the, the apostles and how he was building as a master builder on that foundation. Folks, we take the legacy of all that God has accomplished here through Pastor Eric and all who have served through the years. But we move on to do the work that God's called us to do. And we're going to see God change our community. Lord, give us Barton College. Young adults, older adults, wish they were younger adults, pray for Barton College those young lives that have come in from all over the place and need Jesus. God can use us there. God's going to use us there. Pray that we be a discipling church. Folks, we need to get hungry again for the things of God. Get on our faces and weep before the Lord and call out to God and pray against things that need to be prayed against and pray for things that need to be put in place. Get hungry again. Get stirred again. Be a worshiping people. Let's not just come to be entertained or to hear what kind of songs are being done, but let's pour ourselves into worship. Make it a sacrifice of praise. Let's get hungry again. You always get people, people's attention in church when you start talking about food. We're going to pray. But before we do that, I have a young man I want to come up here and share with us. I'm going to pray a brief prayer. And then Randy's going to come. We're going to receive that last offering. We're going to change our sign out there. Yes, it's a transition for our church. That began January of 2018. Randy, I stopped you midway, didn't I? But, uh, folks, we're looking forward to see what God can accomplish through us. We have that little phrase that comes out there, encounters that transform lives. Why? Because we're having an experience with God that's changed us. And the outflow of that is that when we come in contact with other people, we're going to see other people's lives change. People are going to be transformed. The course that they're on is going to be, be uh, forever changed. So, Father, I thank you, dear God, for what you have done in us. God, there's so many stories that could be told that we don't have time to tell. But God, there's been miraculous things that you've done and that you continue to do. Lord, use us for your glory. May your light shine in the darkness. Would you build your church, your God, in such a way 
that the gates of hell could not prevail against us, dear God, because we storm those gates, dear God. We demolish those strongholds, dear God. We tear them down, and we establish your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Mm-hmm.